Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hello, and this is the Yoga Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And we are here to talk about the other side of yoga, the stuff you don't get on the mat in the class. We want to talk about the philosophies and the histories and how it all comes to play in your one day life. So should we start with just a little bit about each other? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Yeah. So I'm a sports massage therapist as my main job. And I'm also just finishing my teacher training for yoga. So I've been doing yoga for about five years and I really, really enjoy it. But from doing the training and in general life, I've really had a passion for learning the other side of it, the spiritual side and how it comes to play and it affects my daily life, my mental health, um, and just, just noticing how it can improve everything that goes on around you. So that's why I've been delving into it a lot more. And uh, what about you, Alex? Um, so I've been teaching yoga for about, eight years I think now um practicing it for longer 10 maybe I can't remember um but a while it's been a part of my life and yoga started out very 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 much as a practical it was a way to get more flexible it was a way to stay flexible it was a way to to be honest show off I'm naturally quite flexible so uh, I could get on the mat and do some funky stuff straight off the bat. It was no challenge. Um, so it was just, it was an ego boost. I was instantly good at it. Good at it. Uh, <laughs> then um, I did, I started to fall in love with it. Uh, and I went down the journey of getting qualified, but it was specifically in fitness yoga. So it was very much, we do yoga to stretch. And then I had imposter syndrome, going to be completely honest, imposter syndrome big time. And I didn't feel worthy to teach, even though I had so many hours behind me. Um, and I knew there was so much more to yoga that I was just missing out on. So I did more qualifications, more reading, and just dove into it more and more and more and realized how much more there was uh, to it. And I've moved away from the physical side of yoga and moved more into the non-physical side of yoga everything that's off the mat everything that's off the mat the meditation side the uh, the stories behind it the history behind it the philosophies that are that are there because they're thousands of years old but so relevant still and it absolutely fascinates me um and yeah it's just been the last few years have been a journey of implementing this stuff into real life that is essentially my journey in a nutshell <laughs> I think most people do start yoga for the physical they see it as a mobility thing and getting bendy and stretchy and doing cool poses or just like core strength and fitness but yeah it's really nice when you start to see someone take an interest to in the other side and delve a bit deeper yeah and big time but yeah and it's got so much to give and if anything I would say that we probably both practice the other side more than the mat now yeah yeah definitely these days <laughs> yeah. yeah big yeah. time cool so um this series is going to be on the yammers and niyamas so what on earth are they where do they come from 
um, yeah, what do we talk about them? So the yamas and the yamas essentially are, if we look at Ashtanga yoga, Ashtanga means eight limbs. Um, and so Ashtanga yoga is broken down into eight uh, parts of a journey, eight limbs, eight sections, eight chunks um, that essentially lead you to enlightenment, which is um, the, uh, the end goal. This is where yoga came from. It was a way to reach in enlightenment. So, um, or a higher spiritual level. Uh, and there are eight steps to achieve this. And the very first two are the yamas and the niyamas. And the yamas are essentially your social etiquette, for want of a better way of phrasing it. Um, and it's essentially, if you ever wanted to reach enlightenment, you must have good grounding within society because you are going to need assistance, you are going to need help, you're going to need to be looked after, et cetera, et cetera. You live a very um, simple life. And the idea was that you would put all of your effort into reaching enlightenment, and therefore the people around you would need to support you and look after you. And therefore, if you don't have good grounding within society, uh, then you're never gonna be able to reach enlightenment. So you have to get the first ones down before you move on to the second limb, which is your niyamas. And they are your personal, um, personal guidelines and rules and ways to make yourself better and again, get that grounding, that foundation to then move on to the next step, which is, well, not even get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, they are your yamas and your niyamas. Um, yeah. And we're starting with the yamas and there are five. Um, and the very first one of those. So, ahimsa. Ahimsa. Alex's favorite saying. Ahimsa for fuck's sake. Ahimsa. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, just to touch on, obviously these are spiritual things in that matter. Um, you don't have to be particularly like religious to do yoga or be interested in the history, do you? But am I right to understand that you don't have to be religious to be interested in this side of yoga these days? No, and I don't even think you needed to be religious specifically. It wasn't designed with a religion in mind. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, Hinduism that uh, weaves through uh, yoga as well as there's a lot of Buddhism in it um, and the, the, the three are very very interlinked but you don't necessarily have to be religious the two are quite different religion and spirituality um, so yeah no it's you don't need to believe in a higher power essentially but as part of yoga you need to perhaps believe that there is something bigger than yourself yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it we can take it more you know rather than it being religious it's just their spiritual guidelines or just things to live our life by that are just generally going to make us good people exactly if you look at spiritual as something that is within you mm -hmm. then it suddenly it's not like oh all about god yeah. it's just it's about you yeah I, I guess that would be a nice way of looking at it okay. <laughs> so on to ahimsa the first mm -hmm. of the yamas Yes. Um, so Ahimsa, I guess we'll start with the um, definition. Ahimsa is essentially non-violence. Okay. I mean, I don't think I'm that violent. No, no, Johnny, you're probably one of the kindest people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. no I, 
if you're listening to a yoga podcast, what are the odds are that you're going around uh, beating people up? And I guess that is our first, we think violence, we think uh, physical fights, um, shooting people, dabbing people, yeah. that kind of thing. We think physical violence. Um, and I feel like that is a given that You'd you don't so. go around in a social situation and be violent. Um, Especially so, in a national lockdown, there's not going to be a huge number of people out there to be done. <laughs> it's a surprising amount. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so essentially non-violence is, yes, absolutely looking at that. If, if you're a violent person in a physical sense, then you have a long way to go on your yoga journey. If, uh, okay, so I want to become enlightened, but I actually fight all the time and I get really angry and aggressive uh you're gonna have to start right there and start reining that in figuring out why you do it and uh start working on yourself right from the off right from the off and so most of us if you're listening to a yoga podcast the odds are you're on you're not violent uh in a physical sense but it's looking at how we're violent in a non-physical sense um so that is essentially what your what your journey through ahimsa just this very first nugget of our first step within our eight limbs of yoga is just looking at the violence that we do have in our lives and how we can reduce it so that is what ahimsa is and it's it is the first nugget but it's i think it's so important and it's something that a lot of us probably naturally do when we talk about non-physical violence i think naturally we are all there and we all do it all the time without realizing so it's yeah it's a really nice place to start and to help people people learn absolutely and you'll find that um i think whoever whoever put all this together <laughs> um uh, good old patanjali wrote it down first mm-hmm. um but it's ahimsa is so spread throughout everything else because you can't get to the second step which is our next podcast uh without getting a himsa down and you'll find that you can't do some of the niyamas so the absolute next step uh, our next limb of yoga without having non-violence down um so it is it's a great grounding it's a huge topic it's a massive foundation and once you've got that foundation down everything else kind of follows but it's constant work and it's constantly being aware of that constant work um to achieve it not saying that it's unachievable i mean yes it's constant work but it's more just a constant awareness yeah and then noticing so where would you so let's describe what we mean by non-physical violence how would you you know if someone doesn't know quite what you mean what non-physical what violence yeah. non-physical violence so we don't um harm anyone and ourselves in a physical sense So you don't go around punching people in the face. You wouldn't slap someone. You wouldn't. But then you can also take it as far as um, animals as well. You don't hit your dog because it doesn't shut up or whatever. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, poor dog. Um, You've got all that kind of thing. So your physical violence is actually laying your hands or your teeth or your foot onto anything else. So physical violence would be harming something else physically. So that would be your physical violence. Um, and we obviously look to reduce that. I mean, just to be a good person, even if you're trying not trying to reach enlightenment, which I'm going to guess most people who listen to this podcast aren't actually trying to reach enlightenment. We're There's just a long looking, way to go. <laughs> exactly. We're just looking to live a more comfortable life, a happier life. Um, 
so yeah and essentially if you're not enraged and angry and bitter so much so that you are lashing out in a physically violent way um then yeah you're onto a win it's a okay. good step so how can someone be violent then if they're not hitting someone or what are we talking about ah see good question yeah. <laughs> uh so <clears throat> the violence that i find is most prevalent most prevalent in having taught yoga with my friends, with my family, anyone you come across. Um, and I notice it in random places now. Like I was talking to a woman at a checkout the other day and she was just violent to herself. And she doesn't know about it. She doesn't know. Well, I'm guessing she doesn't know, but it's yeah. just habit, habit, habit. Um, and so uh, an example of violence to yourself would be putting yourself down okay right um so essentially anything that causes harm anything that causes a negative um emotional response really is much the same as being slapped in the face um you can be insulted by someone so that would be violence to someone so dawny if i insulted you yeah that would be violence to you Pretty if mean. i insulted myself that would be in viol- that would be violence to me but yeah. that insult isn't physical violence it's verbal violence yeah but you could also be violent uh, in a non-physical way via your actions. So you could okay. do something. You could do something out of spite, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to call them because they're not calling me, knowing full well that that's hurt someone. Yeah, okay. I hadn't thought about that side of it as well. But yes. Oh, oh we have a cat. Hi, cat boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, sis. <laughs> he will walk over the keyboard and press all the buttons. Um, so, for example, the other day, I burnt something as I do when I'm trying to do too many things at once in the kitchen and my instinct is to just be like stupid dawn stupid stupid dawn and just curse at myself like that um so that's non-physical violence to myself 100% and really what did I gain from it just called myself stupid for five minutes and the toast was still burnt (laughs) didn't change anything did it no and then you just start that negative spiral of like, why did I, why do I always burn things? Why do I do too many things at once? Why do I rush around the kitchen trying to juggle it all? Right. Take a step back. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Great example. A great. And it's so pointless. I think yeah. this is the thing that we have to grasp. It's so pointless. Um, and looking at um, it, when you hear your friends do it, when you start to hear your friends, be violent to yourself, you realize how, sad it makes you and you're like oh please stop because yeah I love you and everything about you and yeah you might do silly things sometimes but it's not the end of the world and why the hell are you beating yourself up in this situation and also I think when you're thinking about being non like being like violent towards yourself in that way you you wouldn't talk to your friend like that so why are you talking to yourself like that and like that's I think that's sometimes a great first step to rein it in and think hang on I'm beating myself up over something that I've done or not done. Yeah. What would I say if that was my friend come to me with the exact same problem? Yeah, exactly. Such a powerful mind shift. Cause if you can do that, if you can take yourself away from it and um, realize that, Oh, I'm actually being really mean about myself right now. Would I ever say that to someone else? Mm-hmm. no and instantly just by doing that just by pushing pause on the thoughts you've taken a step backwards you can observe it and you've stopped yourself being mean and um 
and it's incredibly powerful. Instantly, you can just be like, oh, what, what am I doing? Why am I being so silly? Uh, <laughs> that in itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're but fighting can... our violence with more violence. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So then, <laughs> then you need to be like, okay, let's look at this logically. Let's look at this kindly. Let's look at this in a way that is very much non-violent um, and change the thought process altogether. Um, but it takes a lot of practice. It yeah. does take a lot of practice. So what would be some examples? Like, say I'm on the yoga mat and I'm trying to do a pose and I'm just cursing because I just like, I keep falling out of it or I just can't do it the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just cursing at myself like, God, you're, you're so rubbish at this dawn, you know, what would, how can we turn that around? It's a great example. I love that we've started with this on the mat. Um, so, oh, we, I discuss this in my yoga classes with my yogis so often. And um, there's quite a few things that really quite, you notice the violence within it. Um, there's uh, the common places in yoga. So let's say you can see someone is physically struggling. Like the, let's say the pose that you're struggling with in this scenario, you've done before, you can do it. Um, but you're having a bit of a hard time and you do start to beat yourself up like, Oh God, why is this so hard today? I'm so useless. Blah, blah, blah. You start looking at your own body and you start slagging yourself off. Um, and it's just, again, taking a breath and noticing and telling yourself to stop, stop, just notice and take a step back and then be perhaps logical, really, really logical. Well, have I actually had any sleep? No, I only had six hours last night. Have uh, I had anything to eat today? Yes or no. Have I eaten well the last few days? Yes or no. Um, should I expect, should I have the expectation to be able to do this pose every single time? Um, how many times have I actually done this pose? Once before in my life, why should I expect to be able to do it every single time? Look at your expectations around it. Look at your expectations for the practice. Um, has I, am I actually listening to the teaching cues or am I just getting all up in my head and not actually listening to what I'm being taught? So am I doing it wrong? Uh, incorrectly, whatever. Um, could I improve this situation? And then once you're quite logical with yourself, you can be like, you know what, I've had sod all sleep. I am not hydrated. I have not eaten today. I am ovulating. All of these things. Um, so it's no surprise. I've not been on my yoga mat for two and a half weeks, whatever it happens to be. You know, you can suddenly be very, very logical and you're like, what are you beating yourself up for? Come on, you're on your yoga mat right now and you're going to do the best you can. Yeah, and just being there and showing up is is yoga, isn't yes. it? You know, yes. and showing up for yourself and giving yourself a chance that's all it's all about but I know what you mean and it's so hard and especially things like balance poses you see people beating themselves up and I've done it before when I'm just cursing because I'm just wobbling and putting my foot down constantly when I know I can do it but then for example the other week we were doing I can't remember which balance pose single leg I'd been for a really long walk the day before I hadn't thought anything of it because I felt physically fine and then I'm there starting to curse oh why can't I stand on one leg why is this hard and then it sort of dawns on me hang on like my hips are really tired I walked 10 miles yesterday don't normally walk that far they're tired give them a break you know this is it's okay to have a day where I don't stand on one leg yeah, yeah. great example and it is it's exactly that you you 
saw yourself or noticed yourself being negative towards yourself and then changed the story. You got logical. You looked at it by taking a step back, yeah. looking at it logically and then be nice. And I mean, there may be some times where you're just really struggling with the pose. You look at it logically and you're like, I can see no logical reason as to why this is hard today. And then it's even like, so you have no excuses. And why is this hard? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. You've rocked up, you're on your yoga mat, you're doing your practice and you'll have a better time if you're not beating yourself up about it. If you're just like, yeah, it is what it is. And that's why I suppose it can come into things like, like that's acceptance, you know, which Mm -hmm. is that another, a little bit of one of the niyamas is some acceptance, but, um, but also under Ahimsa, sorry, we also have, uh, you know, things like resentment and that negative energy as well. So, um, so that sort of, I suppose, acceptance and letting it go is, is does that fall under here as well? Well, yeah, resentment, um, judgment, both of those things will be um, a form of violence. Uh, not judging people is very much within your uh, yamas and niyamas. Um, it doesn't, it does nothing good. And if you're judging yourself, the odds are you're judging yourself negatively and it doesn't make you feel good in any way. And much like it's, it's easy to, um, uh, understand. So judgment towards other people, because it's, it's a habit. Unfortunately, a lot of us do it. The odds are you go through most days judging someone or something or a situation and it falls very much under the compassion umbrella, um, and it is violent. It's negative thoughts about someone or yourself. Um, and so it is just trying to take a step back and look at things with some scope of compassion and some sense of understanding. Um, God, isn't it nice on those days when you're in that kind of good mood and oh, like going to the supermarket is one for me if I'm not really feeling it. You are judgmental of everyone that's getting in your way. And and feeling a little bit aggressive about the whole situation. Why is this person slow? Why are they taking ages to choose something in the aisle that I want to be in? Um, but then other days, it doesn't it feel amazing when you you just like, what will be will be. I've got to go and do my supermarket shop. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter who's in my way. They're all here. They've all got a reason. They've all got a right to be here doing what they're doing and just letting it all go. And you do see these people that just don't get Het up about anything mm-hmm. and they've got a himsa down that but they might you you could you're uh, essentially you're judging that situation you're assuming that they have that situation true. down they might just be having a good day this is true I <laughs> could look at me one day and think oh she's got it down she's got then, it down but that in it, that in itself is a violence towards yourself because you're assuming that there are people out there who have it down and have it perfect whereas you know that you don't and yeah. so but none of us are going to be perfect this and definitely people in a supermarket aren't going to be perfect all of the time um so it's understanding that and not judging people just because they look like they're having a good day it's kind of that instagram effect isn't it it's you only see the highlight reel um and so it's assuming and or it's not judging people because of what they've put out there at that specific time at that specific date um and in that specific mood you could judge someone as a complete and utter asshole because they cut you off on the road, they're swearing at you, they've been behind you beeping and flashing, but you don't know what they're going through. But you could judge them, asshole, absolute. Mm-hmm. That guy, 
just the worst. He does not understand Ahimsa. He is just the worst kind of person, probably beats up his wife, all this X, Y, Z. Whereas actually he's got a really sick child laying down on the back seat that, and he needs to get him to the hospital, like ASAP. Not quite sure why there's not an ambulance involved, but let's pretend that it, <laughs> the situation escalated. And of course, he's going to be in a rush. Of course, he's going to be an asshole on the road. He doesn't care about anything. He has tunnel vision. His child has to go to the hospital and you are in his goddamn way. And so you come at it from a, a viewpoint of compassion. You're like, so this guy could be an asshole or nonviolence and a himsa, I should say, rather than compassion. This guy could be an asshole, but also he could really, really, really need to be somewhere right now. And me, the nonviolent person, is going to move out of his way, let him on his way, let him go past and try and help him uh, get to wherever he needs to go. Because what's the point of me like slowing down and being a knob about it? That's um, it. What does that, what does it gain you by being, you know, it wouldn't gain you anything ultimately? Does it really matter? what his reasons are because it doesn't affect your life yeah he's being a twat on the road let him out your way if you're if you're concerned for safety but just yeah it doesn't achieve anything if anything it just riles you up and increases your heart rate and your blood pressure meaning you're more likely to do something wrong yeah yeah. yeah. You, and then it's, um, I've seen it many a time and I'm sure it's happened to me in the past. For instance, you could have some small, tiny thing that just doesn't matter uh, happen and then it can ruin your mood for the next 10, 20, half an hour, full day. You could be in a crap mood because of something tiny and insignificant that actually has no bearing on your life. And it just ruins your own time. It doesn't affect anyone else. That person that pissed you off is out of your life. You're probably never going to see him again. This is in an instance of road rage um, or something like that. Uh, yeah, you're never going to see him again. So it just does not matter. And uh, I think they can have a cumulative effect as well. Lots of little things. Like if you learn to just let them go, it's not going to affect you. But if you every little thing gets to you, they build up, they build up, they build up. And then you'll just snap. Like in the morning, you're getting ready for work. And it's one thing after another. Like, oh, there's no milk for my coffee oh, you know, my son is taking ages in the shower. I need to get ready for work. You're in my way. Um, then you get on the road and there's road rage as well. And then maybe you come in and your boss is like, why are you late? And you just flip because one thing after another has gone wrong. But ultimately, like you're at work, you're fine, you're healthy, you've got there. If you didn't let any of those things build up, you could just be like, oh, I'm really sorry I'm late. You know, That's it. these things happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's noticing how you you're storing it up and how yeah. uh, those negative thoughts are actually just yeah. a form of violence towards your own self. Yeah, yeah, and we can come into how they actually affect us physically as well. Start physically affecting us as well. So researchers are continuing to explore the effects of positive thinking on our body and how they like physically affect us as well. So obviously, we can think of health in uh, what we eat, our exercise, but mindset does have a huge part to play as well, doesn't it? You know, yeah. and um, there is points to uh, uh, being in a positive mindset that actually affect you in like increased lifespan, lower rates of depression, lower levels of stress, and they have, you get greater resistance to the common colds. It helps boost your immunity, but also a massive thing is it's going to help you deal with the big things in life, isn't it? So yeah. you're going to cope better if you can cope with the little things and learn to cope with those you're going to start coping with the big things that go wrong yeah absolutely yeah. 
absolutely. Um, by instant, by being kinder to yourself in every situation, by not being violent to yourself in as many situations as possible, every single situation, you're instantly going to have a, an elevated mood. You're going to find it easier to see the positive in a situation rather than leap to the negative. I mean, how many people do we know? Let's take the example off of the yoga mat. So we talked about how we're violent to ourselves on the yoga mat. We've talked about how we're violent to other people on the road, but how we're violent to ourselves uh, off of the yoga mat, like so you putting yourself down about burning your toast. But how many times have you heard a friend say, oh, fat? Yeah. Like, how many times have you said it yourself? Yeah. How many times? Yeah, you know, like we all have. Um, or, oh, I'm really weak or I'm really rubbish. I'm really unfit. I can't do that. I can't do anything. I'm rubbish with uh, money. I'm rubbish at uh, reading. Oh, God, that one drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> but that in itself, I'm letting that get to me. It's a form of violence to myself. I'm like, just let that go, let it go. It doesn't matter. Um, it's judgment, my judgment against someone else, violent in itself. It's irritating me, violence to myself. So it's instantly judgment has to go. Um, but it's, we hear it all of the time, all of the time. And the other, the other yoga mat example that I had is someone, and it happens in the gym. Um, both Donnie and I are previous crossfitters. You might go back after lockdown, I guess, but um, probably. probably. Um, so we, we would have heard it in the gym a thousand times. Um, and it's that you've got a PB, congratulations. Yeah, but it's still not that great, is it? Oh, God, or, we all do. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't what I wanted. Or, yeah, but it's only two and a half kilos. Or Someone um, could do way more than me. Yeah, exactly. Like, who gives a shit? It's a PB. Yeah. And so that's like, wait. And then someone will do an amazing thing in the yoga studio. So let's say, not, I'm not even going to go like the big upside down stuff. Let's say someone gets crow for the first time, so it's an arm balance. Um, you've got your knees on your triceps uh, and your face is near the floor. Um, feet are off the floor, you're kind of hovering and it's an arm balance. It's it's tricky, really tricky. And it's not to do with strength. So, well, there's an element of strength, obviously, but it's not massively to do with arm strength. And people go into it, they see it and they're like, I don't have strong enough arms for that. Whoa, come on. A, they've judged the move. Um, B, they've judged themselves. C, they've made an assumption, which is always dangerous. And D, they're being, they're being violent to themselves by thinking that they won't, uh, they won't be able to do it. So, um, but then they do do it. They do it because I'm, I explain it's not all about strength. It's about body position, blah, 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 blah. You'll definitely be able to do it with a little bit of practice. Absolutely. There's no reason why this person can't. Of course, there are some people that can't due to limitations. But anyway, they get it. They actually get it. They get their feet off the floor. They are balanced on their hands. And then they come out of it. And I'm like, congratulations, you did it. I knew it. That's awesome. Fantastic. And they're like, yeah, but I only held it for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you <laughs> did it. Two seconds when you thought you couldn't do it at all. At all. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, they can't just enjoy what you've done. Enjoy, like, live in that euphoria, that moment of just... I did it. I did something new. Why are you breaking that fun? Why can't you sit in that celebration and just freaking feel proud of yourself? I think you in those, see it all of the time. And I think in those scenarios, sometimes like it's an ingrained over modesty with in society. We are 
we're told not to brag like from an early childhood don't brag that's bad Mm -hmm. but we're not talking about bragging but we're just talking about accepting praise and appreciating what you've achieved and just celebrating the little wins um but it is yeah it's so ingrained that we should be modest about it and play down our wins and Mm -hmm. you know but you know there's no need is there you know no there isn't no, um, like, I, what, being on the school playground, if you say something nice about yourself, oh, she's full of herself, she's full yes. of herself, and you be, heaven forbid you have a big head, or heaven forbid you're proud of yourself, or celebrate your wins, yeah. or anything like that, it is just instantly, like, you don't want to be deemed as a big head, or show yeah. off, anything like that, and it's like, what? Why so we, is that, why is that ingrained in children? Why is so that So we look at how we can put ourselves down. Yeah, that's horrendous. And it's just so instant. Your reaction is, well, I don't want to be deemed as like a big head. Mm. So I'm going to just shoot myself down or I'm not going to be nice about myself or anything like that. And it's it really is quite sad. Yeah. Um, And I don't know whether there are different reasons as we get older as to why we don't want to be deemed as good as anything other than fear of judgment. And people it's probably our own perception of when we see someone who is doing really, really well and shouting about it, we need to look back at ourselves and write, well, why is that, why is that a bad thing? Yeah. Why is it bothering us? Why is it bothering? Why is it triggering? Why am I having negative thoughts to seeing someone do well? Why do I think that they should shut up about doing well? And because that is, that is going to be the root. It's not what we've essentially learned necessarily as children but why are we still carrying that forward into our grown-up life? We probably look at that and think, oh, you know, why are they bragging? Why don't we like it? Because we probably perceive ourselves as not doing well. I suppose that comes back around to acceptance that we are all on our own individual journey and we're all where we're meant to be. And perhaps if we're not quite where we want to be, we need to change that ourselves and not look at outside reasons to why we feel like that. Absolutely, 100%. And it is just it's that comparison killer isn't it yes but, yeah. uh, and the judgment will be there because you're making some kind of comparison and you don't like it yeah um but yeah it is it's tr- it's really really tricky to even notice yeah. that this stuff is happening um but when you do notice that's when you have to that's when you want to jump on it that's where you develop that's where you make the steps forward in your self-development and feeling better about life and happier yeah. i mean judgment never brings us happiness yeah it brings us resentment and annoyance and just bitching about someone. So whereas if you look at someone with compassion, with no judgment and kindness rather than violence, what a win. Yeah. Your whole day is improved. Um, I think this comes around to how we can start practicing ahimsa in everyday life. Now, one thing I've literally just taken from what we were talking about was social media like Instagram and we might look at people that are bragging or people like that so the first thing that I think of like that makes us beat ourselves up so don't follow them get rid of that only follow people that inspire you to be the best version of yourself don't follow people that make you beat yourself up for not being good enough Mm. and that's like to me that seems like a great first step big time big time Um, but how else would you you know yeah how would you try and get someone to start thinking about ahimsa in their daily life so i would say you need to become mindful of this stuff without some kind of mindfulness you're not going to have the capability to notice so you might what i mean by mindfulness is awareness or noticing 
essentially. Um, and so you can go through life not really noticing what you do, what you say, or uh, the emotions that are caused by what you do and what you say, your own actions. Um, and it's quite easy to do, very easy to do, in fact. So, And it takes an element of practice to become more mindful. So if, uh, if you just suddenly jump into your a, a practice of ahimsa without taking into consideration that you're going to need some practice of mindfulness in your life, you're probably going to struggle right from the off. You're not going to notice very much at all, or you'll just completely forget all about it. So the odds are, if you're listening to a yoga podcast, you've been on the mat before, a yoga mat. Um, and I don't know about other yoga teachers or the, all the yoga that you guys have done, but in my yoga classes, I always recommend that people try and look for mindfulness within their practice. So it's noticing uh, what their body is doing, how they're feeling, what they're feeling in the stretch, where they're feeling it, the stretch, et cetera, et cetera, what they're struggling with, um, what feels good, what feels not so good, all of the things that incorporate your practice on the mat. I encourage my yogis to notice. So you're not just going through the motions. You're not just falling into one pose then out and then into another and then into another and into another whilst your mind is still on your work, on your family or on everything else you've got going on. So I ask you to become incredibly focused on your own practice. Now this in itself adds a lot more to your practice for physical reasons. So for instance, you're less likely to cause injury. Uh, you're much more likely to get the, uh, get the alignment correct uh, for your body. Um, therefore you're gonna get more from the stretch. You're going to gain more strength, gain more um, proprioception, balance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the physical reasons are there for being mindful. But what this also does is it allows us to start to focus. So we bring our attention in and then when it drifts off and goes somewhere else, we start thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. We notice and we come back to our mat in the next pose. And it's that drifting in and out, drifting in and out, drifting in and out that um, has the power to transfer into real life because we go from um, being a little, a little bit mindless, just doing what we're doing, going through the motions of the day. And then we notice what we're doing, or we notice what we're saying. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is some kind of violence. Procrastination is a violence towards your future self. Um, eating something mindlessly is again, it's violence against your future self and your future goals. You're like, you know full well that you want to um, uh, be healthier, live a healthier life or lose a bit of weight, whatever it happens to be. Um, but you've got your second donut in your mouth without even really realizing that is a violence towards yourself. You're not going to feel good about that. And you're probably then going to repeat that violence with more negative thoughts towards yourself. Just finish so, eating it and beat yourself up for doing it. Exactly. So whereas if we start to add mindfulness into our everyday life, when we reach for the second donut, we're like, no, 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 no. Had that first one. Future Alex will thank me for not eating this one. <clears throat> it's a kinder thing to do. Now, someone, someone will argue that the kind of thing to do is go with your gut. <laughs> Eat the second donut. Make yourself happy in the moment. But it's weighing up. Weighing up is current self-gratification uh, self more important than your future self and your goals and whatever it happens to be. So that, I think, again, Dawny, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yes, that is very different for every person, isn't it? Every person. And everyone's going to have a different opinion on whether you yeah. should just do what you want to do in the here and now and be, you know, live your best life in that yeah. sense. Or are you living your best life by actually settling in with some discipline? 
and yeah. some structure. So there is, uh, there's going to be two camps. There's going to be people who are at spell curve. Um, anyway, so by noticing and drawing ourselves into our mindfulness on the mat in our practice, we're then going to be able to practice the non-violence on the mat. So we're in a yoga pose, we're present, we're in the moment, we're very much focusing on, let's say, what, what pose are we in? We're in a warrior two. We're in a warrior two. Um, and we're very aware, we're like really focused on keeping tension through our arms. We're thinking about working in our legs. Uh, we're thinking about uh, keeping our hips open and our chest open and staying upright and da 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 da. But then we start beating ourselves up. Oh my God, my legs are so weak. Why are they shaking? Oh my gosh, I'm rubbish. I used to be able to do this so much better. Oh, all the violence, all the violence, all the violence. Now you're present in the physical presence physically present as in you're present and notice what you're feeling physically but then you can start to notice what's going on mentally as well and you're like oh wait be kind this pose is hard I've got really tired legs from that run yesterday etc 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 you can start to think logically and be like I'm a fucking warrior <laughs> and be you know all the positive stuff and just think about it in a good way and change that story that we've got going on in our head or our inner dialogue we could always um, say, are you doing body yoga or are you doing mind yoga? Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring that to class. Love Tell it. everyone to get their mind into the yoga. Uh, love it. Um, so that is where I would start. However, I've made the bold assumption, Dawny, which again, violent, that everyone on here actually gets onto a yoga mat. Yeah, they So might They might not. And I have nothing against the people that don't. Um because at the end of the day you can practice this stuff without practicing on a yoga mat absolutely that's the great thing about it um and we can look at incorporating it in other ways so it is again you need to find a way to practice that mindfulness whether it's just a few minutes of meditation each day mindfulness meditation focusing on something noticing when your mind wanders coming back to your focus point regardless of whether you do a 60 second meditation and your mind wanders 60 times it's the noticing and coming back. That's the practice. Um, and so whether you do some kind of meditation in that regard or whether you just, well, I think you're going to need to. I'm, I was going to say whether you don't, but I think you're going to need to incorporate some kind of mindfulness meditation practice into your life to be able to then notice when in everyday life you start to be violent to yourself. Yeah, and I, some people are sort of scared of the word meditation, but I suppose it doesn't even have to be like a, eyes closed blah 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 you know I'm not a big meditator but sometimes it's nice to just sit in the moment and think about these things and I suppose that is a form of meditation it just doesn't have the same brand name you know <laughs> um but just sitting in the moment and just thinking about you know what's going on where you want your head to be kind of focusing on it um but also I suppose some people don't do yoga, but they do other exercise. And that's also a great place to practice getting in the right headspace and not being violent. You know, we probably have listeners that go for a run and halfway through the run, they're like, oh, this is so hard. Oh, it's because I'm rubbish at this. Or, you know, why am I not getting any better? And yeah, that's another great place to sort of practice their mind yoga. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have my wonderful boyfriend. I have a great story about here, a really, really great version of a, a run with her himself and a run without it. 
Um, so we've both taken up a lot more running since lockdown because it's the easiest form of exercise to do at the moment. Um, and we went for a run together. I had just come back after Christmas. I had an injury. Um, so I'd had six weeks off running, six weeks off exercise, if I'm honest, other than yoga. And uh, he came out with me because uh, I just felt like I was going to do eight miles. It was in my training plan. I needed to do eight miles. It was the first long run I'd done. And I just didn't want to do it on my own. He's faster than me. Um, and so I just said, would you mind coming with me? And he's like, yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, we went out. Generally, I just stay behind him. A, it's a good view. And B, uh, it's easier, like on paths and stuff. You know, it's easier if you're single fire. Running side by side is a pain in the ass. Um, so I was generally behind him. And then we we finished that eight mile run. It was, you know, it was fine. It was absolutely, it was good actually. It was really nice to have him there. He enjoyed it too. Um, he hated me a little bit because of, uh, I was like, no babe, we need to go that way. He thought we were going home. We won. Oh, apparently that ruined like five minutes of his run. Anyway, that was, let's say that was the Wednesday. And then on the weekend, we were going to do a 10K and he's like, oh, I'll come with you. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm slower. You'll be doing another slower one. Don't you want to just get out? And he's like, no, because when I run with you, my run completely transforms. And I'm like, how? And he said, well, I'm when I run on my own, like, I'm like, oh, I'm so fat. Fuck, I'm heavy. I'm so shit at this. Like proper beating myself up. I'm miserable. You can't breathe. You're so fat. Oh, can't do this. Um, you're so slow. Uh, but when I run with you, I'm like, oh, I'm the best boyfriend in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, he's like, it completely changes it. It's like, yeah, this is comfortable. I can run eight miles and not give a sweat about it. Duh, 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 duh. And he, it completely changed his inner monologue completely. I don't think he, at that point, realised the two, di- he obviously realised the impact of the two differences and how much he yeah. enjoyed running when... He was with me, but I don't think he has yet to be able to transfer that thought process over to when he's running on his own. And but just go and enjoy the run without the pressure. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so his natural go-to at the moment still, which is fine, he's on his own journey, is to beat himself up when he's on his own. But when we run together, it's in, it's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I think it annoys him when I get a little bit faster. He's like, no, no. <laughs> Um, but like, so that's an example of two different inner monologues that someone could have during a run. But if you can achieve the positive monologue, you've had a better 5k, one mile, you've had a better 10k, whatever. It doesn't have to be blooming eight miles. That was stupid. But, um, you can just have a better time by improving your own internal monologue. Now it was wonderful to notice that he had the awareness to realize that there were the two different monologues mm-hmm. that in itself is mindfulness yeah um and he doesn't practice much in the way of formal meditation except when he does yoga with me and so he just does his five minutes at the end i'd love to catch him meditating that would make me so happy <laughs> do you think he ever will <laughs> maybe one day he definitely notices when i don't meditate he's like do you need to meditate babe i'm like yeah maybe and it's the influence of those around you, isn't it? Like, you know, with the sum of what the five people we spend the most time with. Absolutely. Um, um, I love that meme. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially this, it was, it's just, so, it encompasses the whole thing of Ahimsa and how much it can have a bearing on our lives yeah. um, and other people's. So we've not even touched on, Donnie, how we can be violent towards others. 
yeah. um, with without physical violence, with like verbal violence, with our actions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could ask my husband. I think he would definitely say I do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it just it's just things that build up, isn't it? Or oh, I'm in a bad mood and I'll get snotty and just be not a very nice wife (laughs) and And it's not unintentional and obviously I'm not like a physically violent person but you just yeah like you you can do it to people you love without really realizing you're just like you know dig 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 you know and then later on oh hang on I've just literally been so mean to that person without realizing um yeah or just snapping when they do something wrong because they've not done it how you wanted it done to me, I'm you know, trying to learn, well, if you want it done your way, do it your way yourself. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of, yeah, it is, it is easy. I think it's easier with those that are absolutely closest to us. Like your whole good friends, you possibly wouldn't be so violent with, but really like the people that you like, your loved, loved ones, your husbands, your sisters, your parents easy to get snappy and be a little bit mean to yeah absolutely absolutely and it's just um it is almost I would argue easier to be more aware of the actions of violence of the people around you Mm -hmm. so if you're really struggling to notice it about yourself um a good thing to do is start noticing it in other people because then you'll start to hear the words come out of your mouth and you'll notice it yeah. So let's say, for instance, one of your friends always complains about the fact that they are lazy. Yeah. Um, then uh, you, every time that they say something about it, if you've explained ahimsa to them mm-hmm. um, or they've listened to this podcast too, yeah, you can be like, ahimsa, for yeah. fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um and then you start to see it in other people and it was so wonderful I cannot remember why oh we did a yin class two years ago maybe back in the studio pre-lockdown can anyone remember it (laughs) so we did a yin class and this is where I first taught my yogis about ahimsa was in a yin class so I literally just explained the concept through a story in a yin yoga class um super chilled out but then they'd freaking call me out on it and I loved it I would say something stupid like I'd probably mess up my left and rights for the fifth time in a class and I'd be like for fuck's sake I'm so I'm oh yeah and they'd literally write back at me a him so Alex yeah and it's wonderful and it's the best thing you could ask for is it that group support and so if you do struggle to notice it about yourself talk to those five people that you're closest to and be like can we make this a bit of a focus at the moment and let's all be lovely to both ourselves and to each other yeah yeah and it just it's a wonderful way of doing it by noticing it in others you notice it in yourself more yeah and even with the whole being sort of aggressive to other people as well if you are having conversation with a friend or you're around another couple and you see the way they talk to each other and you can know you know you take note and be like oh that's not nice and then you're like actually this is what I do you know and it's so yeah watching from the outside in you can pick up notes and be like I don't want to be like that couple what can I do to make sure I'm not like that yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely it's very very powerful looking out and then it's and then you go broader and you start to notice your actions whereas physical actions um are unlikely again we've talked about this at the beginning we don't really need to go into it again but 
if you look at how you act towards someone and if you are acting in a violent way. So let's say, for instance, oh, why can't I think of an example? Um, a friend has offered to do something for you um, and you don't need to take them up on the offer uh, and they get all sassy about it. <laughs> and you're like, that's really kind, but actually I don't kind of, I don't, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I don't yeah. don't need your help on this one. Um, and their feelings are hurt because they're like, well, I've put myself out there. They're being all weird and sassy about it. Mm-hmm. And they send them a sassy message or a voice note or something, or they call you up and they're a bit of an ass on the phone. And it's obvious that their pride has been hurt. Their ego's a little bit wounded, or perhaps they just actually were reaching out for another reason altogether that you don't know about. Uh, and instead of perhaps reaching out and, Awesome. is everything okay you're like fuck them I'm not gonna talk to yeah. them piss off and you like got six messages deep because they're trying to reach out still because of the intentions of their sassiness to begin with and you're like nope punishing them mm-hmm. uh your your actions are equally as violent as their original sassiness yeah so yeah. it's it's with like little actions that small things what are you doing out of resentment what are you doing out of spite tiny little things um I have a friend who definitely, definitely punishes her boyfriend when he pisses her off. She just doesn't talk to him for a day. And I'm like, how does that help anything? Yeah. It doesn't even help her day. It doesn't cure it. Yeah. Or, um, oh, my husband doesn't empty the bin sometimes. So it's every now and then I go on strike and I don't empty it. And it's only making my life more annoying <laughs> because the bin is overflowing and I'm cursing and it makes me grumpy every time I look at it. And I, you're doing it thinking oh, he'll notice one day he'll notice he'll notice, they won't notice. Like, do you know what just oh, you know you're actually making your own life harder by being like this mean and resentful about it yeah cutting off your nose to spite your face i think yeah. that's the phrase yeah and, yep empty the bin girls <laughs> it is and we're always that hopefulness of oh well if i keep doing it he'll never do it yeah oh no it doesn't change <laughs> no. <laughs> no and i think just oh on that note, I think men just notice different things to women, don't they? So. They do. Uh, what did Mossy say the other day? He's like, I just choose to ignore it. Oh, thanks, hon. Yeah. Thanks. I think that they can. We can't always. And I suppose it's an ingrained nesting type thing mm. in a woman's makeup. Or most women. Not all women. Yeah, yeah not all maybe. women, but most. No. But also not all men. No. Oh, no. I've de- definitely dated an OCD guy before yeah. in the past. He would fold his pants at the wrong time. <laughs> Put it that way. Oh dear. Like, it's not sexy. <laughs> quick, quick break. Got to fold my underwear. Yeah, like, yeah. no, no. There are, but there are, of course, another bell curve. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, so nonviolent, and every now and then, you know, some bad things happen and you do feel some pent up anger. What if you went into the garden and you just threw some stuff that was perfect, you weren't hurting anyone? but you're letting that anger out in a different way. Now, are we going to try and suppress that kind of thing or or are we going to let it out in a controlled manner? So I feel like the ultimate goal of yoga is to um, reduce fluctuations of emotion. So it would be a case of you've let things really build up there there's going to be a reason that all of that has built up. And really the best way to deal with that is going to be to go and get it out in a non-aggressive way. So perhaps 
going for a run, lifting some weight. None of these things hurt anyone else. Are they hurting you? Are you going to go and hurt yourself because you're running too hard? You're running too fast? Or you've done too much this week already? There is an argument there, but you're getting out in a way that um, is healthy, non-violent and healthy, I guess. But yeah, going out and throwing some stuff in the garden is, again, not really going to hurt anyone. Taking the dog for a big, long walk and just getting out of your own head. Again, not a vi- non, uh, it's a non-violent way of coping with it. But really... We should be looking at way back as to why all of that anger has built up. Mm-hmm. Because, so trying not to get in that position in the first place. No, exactly. We're, we're looking for, a redu- we shouldn't have those huge spikes in positive and negative labels, uh, emotions. So we're looking to neutralize. And that doesn't mean we can't be happy. It doesn't mean we can't be really sad. It means that we are in those states for perhaps shorter amounts of time. Yeah. Um, and when we're really happy, we are enable a constant level of happiness rather than being medium, 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 super, super happy back down to medium, 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 because that drop feels so much worse. I was really happy yesterday and now today I'm meh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the difference makes things worse. Whereas if you're in a constant state of, yeah, pretty good pretty good the, the the lift and the drop of good mood to bad mood doesn't feel so horrible yeah and so we're looking all of the yoga all of the concept all of the yamas the niyamas the the breathing the uh actual physical postures the concentration everything that we learn through yoga draws us to this moderation of emotion and this triggered me when i first came across it because i'm like uh, why would I not want to be super happy? And this is, and it's, it's, that's a whole other thing. That's like our podcast on attachment. We'll be covering that so much. Um, but it, this is essentially what it is. And it makes more and more sense the more you dive into it. That's so, yeah, that's so, so relevant to me in my like history of being super happy and then being super down. And my husband also sort of jokes, he is this straight line. <laughs> we book a holiday. Are you excited about a holiday, hun? Nah, it's just a holiday. Like, it'll be nice when we get there, but like, not super excited. He doesn't get excited, but he also doesn't get miserable. So it's that flat line. He jokes, he's like a flat line and I'm literally like these peaks and troughs. I have to say over the last couple of years of yoga and looking into the more mindfulness and thinking about actually what I want to be like as a person that's completely changed I will have the down moments like a few weeks ago had really rubbish week of several bouts of bad news but I let myself have a day be a little bit sad but actually having said to myself do you know what you're allowed today you can lay on the sofa you can watch tv you can do whatever the whatever the fuck you want for a day I didn't not even for a full day because you start to be like actually no pick myself up let you know let's let's look at the positives let's you know these things have happened there's no point holding resentment there's no point being a bit miserable about it let's move on let's look at the positives and where we can go from here and yeah learning all of this has started to level it out and you know I know what you mean with the trigger it's sort of yeah do you not want to be super excited and happy about something Maybe you do, but you don't if you get that big trough of the down afterwards. 
I always think this about excitement. Like, yeah. oh, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas. Yeah. Big oh. Christmas person. But what I have realised, probably only in the last two, three years, maybe slightly longer, but essentially I love December. It's not yes, Christmas. Same. I love December. I love the build-up and the festivities and the seeing people and the, the warm and cosy feeling and the decorations and the food. I love that. I love yeah. December. But prior it was the build up the build up the build up the excitement oh my god it's christmas it's christmas it's christmas it's christmas christmas day comes as a freaking yes. letdown like totally why? With you there. yeah like why and so that's what we're we're looking to avoid it's it's not the sensation the, the good again i'm using bunny ears if you're listening to this on a podcast it doesn't help um quotation marks uh if you're looking for that positive feeling of excitement the odds are there is a drop off and so what we're looking to do is reduce the suffering so yes be excited about something but with no um with no focus on the end goal yeah yeah essentially it's just i'm excited right now because things are good i've got a holiday booked yes lovely that will be great i'm sure but I have no expectation on the outcome yeah. because building, well, if we take it back to Ahimsa, putting layers and layers of expectation on a situation that you're excited about is actually a form of violence to yourself mm-hmm. because when does anything ever work out the way you think it's going to work yeah. out? Yeah, you're just setting yourself up for letdown. And I think this last year has been a big education for a lot of people in that sense. Um, you can't guarantee anything is going to happen. And we've all had to learn that the hard way with things booked that get cancelled you know, in the fights to get money back. And even now, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's taught me not to get excited. Yeah, so that building up of expectation. And so I'd like a holiday. There's potentially one in the diary for later in the year, something that I'd want, I want to do. But it's, it's that we don't know what's going to happen now. So let's not get excited. I'm not excited. I'm not excited for the lifting of lockdown because it's not set in stone. We don't know what's happening. And that's only going to build up to like a bit of anger and resentment if it doesn't happen. You know, I've been out of work for a lot of months in the last year. And next month I might be able to start work again, but I'm not building that up and getting excited for it because it might not happen. And I don't want to be so gutted when it doesn't happen that, you know, you've got to learn to take it all in your stride rather than get excited and get really miserable. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is essentially the point of the, the, um, the leveling out of yeah. the leveling out of emotions, just reduce suffering. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly powerful. And every time we are violent to ourselves, we suffer. Every time yeah. we are violent physically to ourselves or to someone else, we suffer. Every time we're violent emotionally to ourselves or someone else, we suffer. And it's our own suffering as well as the suffering of someone else sometimes. I mean, you could argue that when I hear my friends being violent to themselves, they're causing me to suffer. Like, I don't want to hear that shit. I love you for you. So it's just taking it all into consideration. How can you reduce your own suffering? And by reducing your own suffering, you increase your own happiness, you increase your own acceptance and joy in this life. So you're not reducing the good feelings you just constantly sit at a higher level of a good feeling mm-hmm. so let's say uh neil's flatline is here neil could flatline but up here with yeah. a general sunnier demeanor yes. although i wouldn't change neil for the world <laughs> <laughs> so if we're constantly 
being violent towards ourselves, we're, you know, we're not, we're going to start believing it. We're going to start believing all the bad stuff we say about ourselves. So me burning something and saying stupid Dawn, stupid Dawn. If I do that every single time I mess up in the kitchen, which I cook a lot. So it is a lot. Although, you know, I like to think I'm a good cook. You do mess up, you know. So if I call myself stupid every time I do it, I'm going to believe that I'm stupid and I'm not ever going to believe that I'm not. And it's going to be a lot harder to have sort of confidence and love for yourself isn't it yeah. absolutely i mean the the stories we repeatedly tell ourselves become our truths and that's we, it. we that's act, quote. <laughs> act out our truths um so let's for instance um i will use the money analogy because it's really relevant um another really relevant one is the fat one as well because so many people call themselves fat um but i'm rubbish with money it's a very, very common phrase that comes out of people's mouths. And you'll find that if they say it enough and believe it enough, which they will if they say it enough, uh, they then act it out. Well, I'm rubbish with money. So, of course, I don't have a savings account. I'm rubbish with money. They never even open a savings account. So they don't give themselves the start. I'm rubbish with money. Therefore, of course, they're going to put more money on their credit card when they know they shouldn't. Um, because they're, they are living out their beliefs. They're like, well, I'm rubbish with money. So obviously, I'm just going to buy that thing I can't really afford. Um, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Not only have they got themselves into more debt, they've also not started saving. They've not started saving. They've not started paying off their debt and so on and so on and so forth. So they're like, see, I'm rubbish with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not only does it become a truth, it becomes an excuse. So yeah. uh, you just live out the violence towards yourself. Um, and a good way to change that is to be like, I know that that would have been me. That, yeah, I've had a history of being like that. I have a history of being rubbish with money, but now it's like I was rubbish with money, but now I'm trying not to be and I'm learning and I'm, yeah. So just rephrasing those things in your head, like, okay, maybe I was rubbish with money then, but now now I'm learning and I'm, I'm treating it with the respect it deserves. Exactly. And it's when you notice the negative stories you repetitively say to yourself, this is kind of the next step, I guess, Yeah, is we've started to notice this stuff. We've noticed it in our friends, we've noticed it in our, fa- in our family, we've noticed it on the yoga mat, we've started to notice it off the yoga mat. Mm-hmm. So how do we change these stories? Mm-hmm. Um, where, what positive affirmations um, do we start to use instead of? So instead of, oh, I'm so fat, you could start to be like, I mean, I look great, but really, perhaps for my health, I need to start looking at my calorie consumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not necessary. It's not violent to yourself because you're being honest with yourself. Oh, yeah. Dawny, that leads us wonderfully onto uh, next week. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Truthfulness. Yeah. Um, so it is. It is noticing what we're saying and then changing the story we tell ourselves and creating new beliefs because this stuff is habitual. Mm. It is habitual. We say it and think it without even realizing we're thinking it. And that's why you need that practice of mindfulness because it happens in a second, a second. Um, Procrastination and not having enough time are my two main go-tos for as excuses. Mm -hmm. And both of them are violent only towards myself and towards my own future self. And so it's noticing when I'm thinking it and changing my story every single time. You, you know, and also you can, like someone uh, told me a great method for that exact um, thing you tell yourself. You're like, I don't have time. I'm too busy. 
and it was making a diary in 15 minute segments of your day mm-hmm. and so as much as you want to start telling yourself like you're kind of making it up but this is a good way to prove to yourself that you're you're not wrong is every 15 minutes write down what you did for that last 15 minutes and you'll start to realize how much of the day is just left like empty pottering like just doing nothing I know I'm just as bad like I don't claim to be too busy because I definitely am not I know (laughs) I do it but I know that I waste lots of segments of the day just just doing nothing yeah you know and so yeah you can start proving to yourself and then be like right okay I'm not busy so I'm gonna carve out bits of my day or I'm you know I'm gonna try I'm gonna yeah. Yeah. You did um you did the um timer thing on your social media as well and that helps. Yes. Because I yes. mean social media just eats into time, doesn't it? I mean, having those things on our phone, I'm sure, is a violence to ourselves. Oh, and the difference, I turned it off again for a while and then realized that it actually just really affects your mood. I would be That's spending it. so much of my day just scrolling mindlessly, reading stupid stories that pick like crop up on Facebook that I really don't care, don't need to know, doesn't affect me, or it would affect me, but I didn't need to know it. Yeah. You know, it you know, stupid, I don't know, saving dogs that have been rescued. Okay, it's really cute, but I don't need to spend two hours of my life reading about it, do I? You know, just to make me feel really crap that there's people that treat dogs like that. Yeah, yeah. I know there is. I don't need to read about it all the time. Um, but yeah, then I so I turned it all back on again. Oh, good. With slightly longer limits on things because fifteen minute was quite harsh for the whole day. That is yeah. that is short, especially when you've got a business to run and you're trying to post stuff, and that takes up all the time. But yeah, turning it off and just then when you think you're going to grab your phone. It's like, no, find something else to twiddle my thumbs and do. You know, for me, that's, yeah, when you're watching TV, do you just find just, I find I'm the one on my phone and I've missed half the programme that I actually really wanted to watch. So I have to watch the episode again or never know what it was about, you know. So I've started to be like, if I have to do something while I watch TV, I I do crochet. I'm an old lady at heart. Love that. But, you know, I sit there and crochet things because at least then I'm being productive at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah everyone's Christmas present is crochet this year (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and when it comes to practicing that mindfulness and then the you know talking nicely to ourselves um I take I take from that that it's probably quite good to to do it in small time sections to start with you know just sort of tell yourself well an hour I've I've got to work for an hour but for this hour I'm not gonna not gonna be mean to myself yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily, to begin with, if you practice yoga, I'd look at doing it on your mat. Yeah. Uh, if you don't practice yoga, perhaps some kind of time limit, or perhaps um, you've got some kind of event in the diary. Yeah. Let's say um, you're meeting a friend for a coffee obviously we're not in lockdown in this scenario you're meeting a friend for a coffee you're at you're in lock we're not in lockdown in this scenario uh but this friend kind of perhaps you know that they rile you a little bit or you can quite quickly jump to a debate or an argument with this person you could choose right I'm going to come at this with ahimsa all the way and for that period of time you're going to be lovely to yourself you're doing something um that you know you beat yourself up on you're working out right for this this run yeah 
as much as I can notice, I am going to be nice to myself. Um, and so on and so forth. So I wouldn't necessarily yeah. be like this hour, yeah. perhaps small little events. Yeah. Um, when you're eating, how nice are you yes. to yourself? Why are you eating this shit? You're so fat. Da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. Um, so yeah, I would give yourself scenarios and situations where you know yeah. perhaps that you're violent to yourself or mean to yourself um, and try and change those first. The things that really come to mind, be nice. Yeah. Or could you notice the one, like one point? So not in a period of time, but there's one thing that you tell yourself, yep. try cut that thing first. So for example, oh, I'm so fat. Like that could be the first thing. Like don't get too caught up in saying, oh, I'm, I'm so stupid. Just start with the I'm fat and then you gradually will start to yep. cut the other bits or, you know, or rephrase them. You know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. When I first started this practice, it was making sure I was practicing nonviolence within my yoga classes in yeah. any way possible. So whenever I was teaching, it was both. And I loved the fact that my yogis would then call me out on it because it helped yeah. my practice. We were practicing together. Everyone in the room was practicing ahimsa because of my practice in ahimsa. Um, mm -hmm. And it was freaking brilliant. And so doing it in that sense and with one topic, really, really, really powerful. Um, especially if it's something that really consumes you, like the, the fat thing, people get so bogged down in it. Um, and so if you can combat that one constant thought that goes over around and around and around and around and around, and around in your mind every single day, then you are onto a winner. Even if you reduce it by like 25%, it's yeah. going to make a difference. Um, so yeah. It, you've got so many options. You can do it at a particular time. You could do it for a chunk of time, which I think would be difficult because yeah. within that chunk of time, what if nothing actually comes up? This is true. Yeah. So it, it, that would be my only, but you might be really quite violent. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could do the chunk of time. You could do it for a certain phrase or a certain thought. You could do it for, to a certain person. I'm only going to be lovely to this person. Uh, you could do it for something that crops up a lot. So there are so many ways you could kind of come at this or just on your yoga mat or just when you're working out and so on and so forth. And then you'll find that it just filters into the rest of your life yeah, um, in a really lovely way. And that's where we want to get to, isn't it? Absolutely it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think we've talked ahimsa to yes. the back teeth, don't you? Yeah. And I read a lovely quote. Well, a couple of lovely quotes. So firstly... Iyengar, his quote was, violence is a state of mind. So I think we've definitely covered that, that it is. And another quote along, I think it came under somewhere under the meaning of Ahimsa, all actions come from a place of love. There you go. That's so a if really you come, lovely way to think of it. Yes. If you come at everything from a state of love, you know, you've essentially, that is yoga. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're coming at it from love, compassion and kindness. Just, yeah, you're winning. You're winning. Um, this podcast definitely comes from a place of love because we know how good yoga has been to us and we want to share that shit with everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, so are we wrapping up the Himsa today? I think we've done it. Yeah. I think we've talked through everything. I mean, there's more. I know there's more. I've got like 20 things going on in my brain, but I feel like... <laughs> Over an hour's worth of ahimsa for everyone else might be enough. Yeah. So, so next week we start on satya. Indeed. And so satya is truth. Yeah, truthfulness. Yeah. Absolutely. So tune in next week for that one. And if you could be so kind as to subscribe to our podcast, we'll much appreciate that. Yeah. And like and share with everyone you know and love. 
Absolutely. Follow us on our social medias. So we've got um, the Yoga Life podcast on Instagram. So Yoga Life podcast. Um, we also have our YouTube channel, uh, Yoga Life yeah. podcast as get well. And so you get to see us as well as hear us in your ears. Um, so if you want to, you can. Um Ooh. So you've got those two avenues. And then, of course, you can head to the website, subscribe to the newsletter, which mm-hmm. means the where every time there's a new episode out, it will land in your inbox and you'll be like, ding, I'm off there to listen to that. So we've got all of that. If you want to get in touch, absolutely drop us a message on any platform. You can talk to us on um, Instagram. You can talk to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts um, on Ahimsa or what you would like to hear from us in the future. Mm. It'd be great. And, of course, if you want to do yoga get on to alexhowartyoga.com um and in the future me as well but i haven't haven't got that up and running yet but if you want to do yoga in real life well on zoom <laughs> yeah head head to her website yeah everything is there everything you need to know and you can join at whatever level you are at um thanks very much Dawny. thanks alex that was fun <laughs> <laughs>